You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation, Second to none, whether you're in Rhode Island or Massachusetts, call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Call my friends at J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. Let's be nice and comfortable in your home. J.K.L. 401-351-7600. It's John DePietro, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11 and we go until 2. It's AM 1380 and also 99.9 FM. This uh, this portion of the program is brought to you by J.K.L. Engineering. Remember, you want to be nice and comfortable in your home this summer. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Free estimates in their license, both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, it's time for our segment, This Week in Politics, with Justin Katz, Managing Editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. And Justin, I want to start off with yesterday during the uh, briefing, uh, of which I was part of, in a rare situation, I actually got to ask two questions of the governor. But the question I asked was, what day? Now, today is Monday. I asked her yesterday on Sunday. The stay-at-home order is set for to end uh, after this Friday, which is May 8th. So Saturday is May 9th. And I asked Governor Raimondo, if that is going to be lifted, of which it seems in jeopardy right now, simply because both Massachusetts and Connecticut are both uh, May, May 18th and May 20th. But I asked Governor Mundo, what day would it be announced? And she said that, that it could come right down to Friday that she might announce that it's not lifted, that it's going to continue. So I'd like to get your thoughts on Everyone is thinking that this Saturday, Mother's Day weekend, that the stay-at-home order gets lifted, but there's no guarantee on that at all, Justin Katz. Well, I think uh, what we're we're seeing, especially right now, as we enter this sort of phase of the whole ordeal, is the the governor's emergency powers are not this extensive, and so what we're a lot of what she relies on is the public to play along uh, with her quote advisories, and I think I certainly saw this weekend with a nice day that we're people are starting to to resist that a bit, and so she's playing a kind of a delicate game where she can't risk. <laughs> you know, extending her orders any longer if it's only going to uh, get people to stop listening altogether. Uh, And so she's in a tough spot to not to to try to continue it. So I'll be kind of surprised if she doesn't try to loosen it in some way. And let's not forget phase one of the of the lifting the phase, the stay at home order is not that much more much or much less restrictive. It's still it's still pretty it's still pretty, you know, I think it's a 10 person limit. A lot of stuff is not going to be open, but we also saw signs. um, She had over the weekend, I think it was uh, talked about reopening churches. And whereas before she had kind of said, now May 31st is not going to happen or is unlikely. And now it's, Oh, it's looking like we can figure out something. So I think she's, she's really starting to get the sense that she doesn't have unlimited power here. And she's starting to lose the grip she has on what she, what is given to her. I think you're right. And also, Justin, there was a good piece by a priest, uh, Father T. 
Italian who posted online. And it's stuff you wouldn't think of that in Rhode Island right now, uh, and granted, hopefully this thing will be lifted or some of the restrictions raised on Saturday. But right now in Rhode Island, think, think of this, how someone dies, only five people are allowed at the funeral. And yet right next door in Massachusetts, in uh, Connecticut, they allow 50 people to attend the funeral. And I think he said in Massachusetts, it's 20 people to attend the funeral. But Rhode Island is very restrictive in that way. Um, you know, I, I agree with you. I would think because right now we're still still in emergency mode. You're only supposed to leave to go to the grocery store or to the pharmacy or, you know, other than that or the doctor, you're not supposed to leave your house. I think it would. And aren't you also I'm taken aback by the people that they'll post a picture. Look at all these people not following the guidelines. And you see people at a park and they're all sitting separate. Uh, they're all, you know, more than six to 10 feet away. And yet people go out of their way to uh, lack of a better word, like become snitches for the, for the state in that way. And I think that is really surprised to me. Well, yeah, there, I mean, there, there are some people who they just, that's, they like to feel morally superior to other people. And they, I mean, we saw this even early on with, with the really kind of aggressive and uh, harsh, tone for people who were trying to enjoy the, the St. Patrick's Day a little bit. Um, that same kind of attitude, you people are doing everything wrong. And I, I to me, a lot of it, um, Stephen Perry, the, the head of um, Providence Police, um, or for the mayor, uh, he actually was calling partiers in Providence selfish. I think this is one of those areas, there a lot of people, people who don't hold that view are not articulating it out loud because personally I've heard from multiple people who see something like that and have said good for them <laughs> like, stop with the stop with the nonsense so I think there's there, we're going to see more and more of that attitude winning out it's you know the overturn window they say you know you can only say so much in public um, but there are people right now the people who, who are willing to snitch are kind of triumphant the governor's even suggested that people should be doing that that we should have shaming uh, so I don't uh, it, it doesn't actually surprise me that people are like that, um, but I, I think we'll start to see see less and less of it. And I think there are a lot of people with the attitude of "give me a break, go have fun," um, and part of it is um, these arduous ruling, ar arduous rules, like five people at a funeral. I mean, at some point, who are we protecting and from what? I mean, we we've seen with this disease that very very few, maybe no people under eighteen, really very sick from it or certainly don't die from it most of the almost all the deaths are 70 and up people with pre-existing conditions and so yes we want to protect those vulnerable populations but if we start doing things like saying no your family members have to die alone and only five of you can go to the funeral at some point who are you protecting from what uh you know so we've, we're protecting elderly people but then if they pass or if they get really sick they can't see their loved ones i, I mean it's the rules. And as you say, it's, it's arbitrary. And actually, that was something Governor Raimondo said last week was somebody asked, well, what's the difference between 50 people, 60 people? And she's, well, you know, it's it's really, you know, it's better safe than sorry. And there are no hard and fast rules. Well, that's not how science works. And if you don't have hard and fast rules or some explanation for why you picked five people at a funeral when next door in Connecticut, you can be 20 or 50 in Massachusetts, I think, uh, if you can't explain that, nobody's going to listen to you on anything you say. And again, it goes back to the the problem Raimondo's about to have, I think, if she try, especially if she tries to tighten the reins a bit. Justin Katz, Newport did have, they did celebrate St. Patrick's Day, and mm -hmm. they have 39 cases. Jamestown has eight cases. Providence has 3,000 cases. I asked the governor on Friday why Newport and Jamestown are right now shut and basically shut for the season and, and between the eight in Jamestown, 39 in Newport after St. Patrick's Day, why are they being the treat, treated the same as Providence, who has 3,000 cases? That doesn't make logic to me. And it, it seemed logical to me. And as a result of that, they're, they're closed. Well, I, I think it, it feels like it goes back to somebody called their uh, principal, Raimondo. You know, this all right, the whole school has to suffer now because of a few bad apples. And that's actually, that was more disturbing to me than the snitches was the attitude of people who were okay with that. 
these people, these, all these people at the beach are going to ruin it for all of us. Well, right. no, think, think of the power and the authority you're giving away by simply accepting that uh, if, if you, you can be punished for what other people are doing by your government. Uh, that's, we're in a, that's why we're in a, a very dangerous period right now. And I've, I've certainly been arguing that the, the news media really has to start pushing back on a governor and saying, oh, is this necessary? Do you have the authority to do this? You know, you, they're not, they wouldn't be, you know, a rebel faction by doing that. They'd just be doing their job. I mean, this is having profound effects on people's lives. And so you really need the governor to start justifying that. And as the General Assembly, I mean, they're, they're large, they're in big part to blame for just disappearing and hiding in their, their homes. Uh, but the, as they start to come out a little bit more, I think that'll be more and more apparent that the the governor really has to start justifying every step. I mean, she's talking about how she she has asked all the colleges and universities in the state to provide her their their plans for reopening safely in September. That's not the go- the governor does not have the power to be inve- right. re- regulating every business and judging their opening right. plans. Now, the General Assembly, if they want to come back and create a temporary regulation that gives her that authority, that's one thing. But she cannot just say, you know what, until I say we're safe, we can I'm going to judge all of your your business plans. And it, it occurred to me uh, in the last year we saw in that fall river, uh, the mayor, JCL, I never pronounced it right, Correa, um, he with given a little bit of authority to, to pick and choose marijuana licenses, he allegedly used that for personal gain. Right. Think of what we're giving the governor right now. She can literally pick and choose any business in the state to open and close based on her sole approval. I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm anxious to see her campaign finance reports to cover this period when that time comes. Folks, it's Sean DePietro. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Again, it's politics this week with Justin Katz. When we come back, we're going to talk about the governor's new hospitalization count, the argument over reopening. Also, Ed Acorn has left the Providence Journal, the new uh, task force. The governor did do another uh, kids hour uh, last week. It's all ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. Remember, for your business, mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508 336 21 and MEG, MEGA truck and trailer repair, commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508 336 2110. MEGA truck and trailer repair, FHWA inspections or Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24 hour mobile service, ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them. 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110 for MEGA truck and trailer repair. Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water, and they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, How about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. 294-2400. A Rhode Island family business since 1986. This portion of the program brought to you by Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Let's make sure your house and property looks the best it can look. Right now, spring is the time. You can text Jared, free same day, text estimate 401 617-2585. 617-2585. They have a great Facebook page, Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Let's get rid of that algae mildew that's outside in your home, the side of your home, on your pavement, on your patio. Maybe it's on the basketball court. Bethel Certified Soft Wash. They have a great Facebook page. Jared, the before and after pictures are just incredible. What your home could look like or your garage, your property with Bethel certified soft wash power wash now jared he came to our house folks it looks brand new get rid of you know it just happens you build up some of that algae and mildew and maybe sometimes you just have some dirt and grime bethel certified soft wash power wash especially now we're spending more time outside you want your house and property to look the best it can 
Jared did a fantastic job. My neighbors are saying, my goodness, Juan, look how beautiful your house looks. It looks so clean. My kids said, Daddy, it's like the house got a bath. I said, it did get a bath from Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585. Find them on Facebook. It's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. It's going to make your property, your home, your deck, your walkway, any outdoor surface, he can get rid of it as far as the algae, mildew, gets rid of it with a very safe solution. It's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. It's John DePietro, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go till 2 on AM 1380. You can always listen online at DePietro.com. Our segment is Politics This Week with Justin Katz, Managing Editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, I'd like you to touch on the governor's new hospitalization count and the argument over reopening. Well, I, that's one of the things that makes the uh, the opening reopening seem less likely, perhaps, than it did a week ago. A week ago, the hospital hospitalization counts had already peaked. Uh, I think it was on the 21st and they were going down. Uh, but suddenly the governor changed the method they're using to count them. And they, it turns out they were going up that whole period. And what it took some some days and questioning from me and multiple outlets tried to find it out. But the what changed was they changed the definition. So now before doctors were judging does this is this person in the hospital because of COVID nineteen? Now it's this person is in the hospital and has tested positive for COVID nineteen. So if a teenager, you know, skateboarding breaks a leg or an arm, goes into the hospital and is tested and has COVID nineteen, even though there are no symptoms, that is now tested, whereas before it might not have been. And so what we've seen is a growth in the number of supposed hospitalizations, but in reality, it's probably still going down. And I think that changes the, the goalposts quite a bit. People don't care uh, if somebody's in the hospital for a broken leg. That's not an additional burden on the system, which was the whole reason we shut down was we didn't want to overburden the system. The burden on the system is people who are there because of the disease. And it, it does start to raise red flags when the, when the, the rules of the game start to change like that. Um. Justin, I'd like to get your thoughts on Ed Acorn. Uh, there had been rumored of this, that the two high-level people were leaving the Providence Journal. Kevin McNamara was one of them, who's great. Uh, but the, the editors suddenly uh, gatehouse communication to cut corners or what have you because of what's going on. We learned that Ed Acorn, who's been part of the editorial pages of the Providence Journal for the past 21 years, uh, today, Monday, is his last one. He uh, did put a note yesterday um I, i'd like to get your thoughts on it i thought over the years you know at one point when he first started that they had several people that would work on the editorials and it really came down to him i think some people have been unfair because uh the last past year or certainly to say the past six months um there's been a concerted number where he was like the last lone voice defending Speaker Mattiello in that order at the convention center. But aside from that, I think over the, uh, the large part in the body of work that Ed Acorn definitely leans on the conservative side. And I thought he provided a very conservative viewpoint for the editorial pages of the paper. I, I think it's a huge loss. Oh, it, it definitely is. I mean, the I mean, there are two concerns here. One is he did represent a, a kind of a different voice than anybody else at the newspaper. Um, as you say, the, the editorial pages used to have a, a kind of more diversity of views and, and who was on the editorial board, it seems. Uh, and that has decreased a bit where, you know, when Bob Whitcomb was in charge of the editorial pages, he was kind of he was kind of a, an eclectic character you never knew, quite knew where he was going to fall but ed was sort of the the stalwart conservative voice you know the, the wall street journal voice on the on the providence journal editorial board uh, and he's had more and more control but at the same time the, the paper itself is is liberal very liberal uh, and whenever they pick a non-editorial page columnist um bob Kerr, for example or charlie baxt or or um Fitzpatrick, uh, they're always liberal. Uh, so he was kind of a, a different voice on a page. And that I'm not sure is going to remain. I think people who aren't themselves, at least somewhat conservative, are not very good at judging even handedness when it comes to a different political point of view. Uh, whereas conservatives kind of have to be because we especially in New England and Rhode Island, because we live in that we, we have to be able to judge other people's uh, 
arguments on our merit because th they're all around us. Um, that's one concern. The other concern is I don't know where the paper goes from here. I mean, what's the value proposition? At this point, all the, all the newspapers and, out, and TV stations, they all more or less cover the same stories, uh, just in slightly different ways, digging a little bit differently into different angles. But most, many of those you can get for free as a consumer because they're funded by television advertising, for example. Um, here, I don't know where, I mean, if you don't have a, a different voice on the editorial page, and if that's not, if that particular section of the paper isn't a priority for the company, um, what, what are they going to have? What's the, what's my reason for buying a Providence journal or subscribing to their website? If I can get the same news everywhere else and there's no kind of unique content uh, that's different from what I get everywhere else. It's, it's a, it's a concern. That, and I think a sign that the, the paper is really, really struggling and going to, and not, not, they haven't found a way to arrest their, their fall yet. I think you're right. And again, um, I don't think some people recognize the importance of a newspaper of having a strong voice of that editorial, and for for years, just the the uh, the effect it would have. I mean, when you go back to the the Providence Sunday Journal editorial, which was normally you know, like the big editorial of the week, that could impact things that were done on a statewide basis. That could impact decisions that were made. You kind of waited. Uh, many times there were many politicians and forms of government uh, that it would be, you know, something a lot of times tied in with either the mayor of Providence or it would be with the, the governor, um, the editorial and having uh, an endorsement of who people for many years now, maybe not so much recently. But that's that's a strong voice to lose. Now, it doesn't mean the journal uh, editorial is going to go away, uh, but certainly Ed Acorn, I think, understood that. And when they would come out with a strong editorial, uh, either supporting something, but most of the time condemning something, it, it would have a profound impact. And I know someone asked me, do I think the paper's going to, you know, are they going to go out of business? Well, they're not going to go out of business. It's, it's just a matter of, of what degree. It's kind of like a patient that, that starts to fall. Gatehouse is not going out of business, but there's a big difference of a robust state newspaper and you know, something that's resembling like the Valley Breeze. Right. Well, and I think you, you make an important point. The The editorial page isn't going to go away, but the first there's not, it's not clear who the heir apparent is. You know, when, when Bob Whitcomb retired, uh, Ed was there. It was, it was kind of, he was part of the institution for years. So it was a natural thing for him to gravitate toward. But now you don't, I don't know that they've got somebody like that. And having seen had Acorn pushed out, whoever does take over that role isn't going to necessarily feel very comfortable and confident in their position. And that's kind of what you need in a page whose purpose is to express truth, you know, whether or not, you know, as the editors see it, whether or not it's popular or in the, the business interests of the paper or in the political interests of, the, of, of some party or other. And so that's a, that's a, a concern, especially in an era where uh, the era of big PR, where government agencies, especially Raimondo's administration, are just flush with often ex-journalists who have become PR people. And now you've got one less one less position in the state that's really going to be that you can rely on to be kind of an independent voice, uh, even when even as you alluded to with uh, the editorials that were supported of Mattiello, um, even when it's you disagree with it, at least it's important to have somebody who has that platform who can yes. say i have a big microphone and i'm going to disagree with the common wisdom because i think it's right uh that that's a big loss and if i don't, I don't know how the, the paper manages to maintain that at this point yeah and what's unfortunate is they were both cost cutting i believe i mean both ed and kevin mcnamara had been at the paper as a in the sports department for over 30 years. And it seemed to both be just cost cutting to let go someone. He was, Ed was there for 21 years. I find it interesting that um, go local prov uh, who basically it's like smoke and mirrors, but he wrote a big thing, taking jabs at Kevin McNamara. I guess there's no love there. You know, someone puts McNamara out, something like that, but hasn't put anything about it. Acorn leads me to believe that maybe they're trying to make a play for him behind the scenes. Uh, because I will admit, if Ed Acorn was suddenly writing editorials somewhere, I, I would read them. He, he, to me, had the type of content 
that that I would search for to read. Right now, um, they don't have anyone like that. Whitcomb does read. I don't even read his stuff there. He has a couple other people. Nothing noteworthy. But the the editorial page, a lot of times, Justin, as you know, not for everyone, but the Wall Street Journal. A lot of people, the reason they read the Wall Street Journal is for their, their op-ed page, for their editorials. And, and many times, I, I would daily read whatever the editorial was for the journal. Folks, uh, it's John DePietro. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Now, coming up in our next segment, this is the first time we're seeing it. Well, there's always rumors of it, but there it is in black and white in the morning paper, the political scene, and it is starting to be debated. It was something we all feared, and that is the tolling of cars. We're going to talk about that, also this task force, and more, and Governor Mundo with her press briefings. It's all ahead on the John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro. Listen, folks, this is a unique situation, but instead of wasting the time by just watching television or old episodes of old movies, instead, clean up your home, clean up your attic, clean up your basement and your garage. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. Call them for a free estimate. They will deliver a dumpster right to your home. Do some spring cleaning. Use this time to finally clean that out that old junk from your basement, from your attic, from your garage. Do some spring cleaning. Use this unique time. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. They'll come to your home. They will drop off a dumpster. You load it up. Tell them whenever it is. Maybe it stays for a week. Maybe it stays for a weekend. Maybe it stays for one day. Call Brothers Disposal today. Free estimate, 401-688-0517. Stop watching Netflix. Do something productive. Finally, clean up your home. Clean out that garage or the attic or the basement. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. Free estimate, 401 401- 688-0517. It's Brothers Disposal. And let's get a dumpster in the driveway. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at Innovest is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at Innovest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today. Your best lawn ever guaranteed. 401-392-1025. 401-392-1025. Or online. They have a great website. LawnDoctor.com. What do they do? Well, outdoor pest control. Annual program. Lawn care service. They make great lawns happen. Lawn Doctor Rhode Island, your lawn care company. Love your lawn. Best lawn guaranteed. Call them today, 401-392-1025. Free uh, consultation and estimate, 401-392-1025. Lawn Doctor. And now is the time because you can get the early spring, the crabgrass control, time-release fertilizer, professional blend of high-calcium line. Lawn Doctor. Go online, check them out. It's LawnDoctor.com or call them today, 401-392-1025. Lawn Doctor. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Our segment is Politics This Week with Justin Katz, Managing Editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, uh, when they started to put up those truck tolls a couple of years ago, people left and right, especially truckers, other good government groups were saying this is dangerous because watch the next move here is they're going to be in a tight bind and suddenly they're going to start tolling cars. And lo and behold, there it is, uh, openly discussed where 
uh, Kathy Gregg of Political Scene for the Providence Journal goes to different lawmakers and say, how do you feel about raising money, tolling cars? And I think it's kind of split. A lot of them say, boy, I'd hate to see us in that situation. Uh, others say, oh, absolutely not. But the fact that it starts to be discussed should be very worrisome for people. Oh, it should. That's that's that Overton window there. You know, once first you start making it something you can talk about, and then suddenly circumstances, you know, require we we've got to do something, and this is it. Uh, especially when they're paired with comments like I saw in that article of, well, it, there isn't one solution. It can't be all cuts or all tax increases. That means substantial tax increases, at least from that legislator's point of view. And they're going to look for for ones that don't feel like they hurt. And that kind of hide, you don't see them necessarily on a bill, at least for a while. You don't, you don't get that tax bill for your house or for your, uh, your grocery bill and go and see that it went up some number of percentage points. So I, I think that is a worry. I mean, it was, I was, I was a little bit encouraged by the, the sheer amount of people who were all out of the gates saying, no, this isn't, we don't, we can't raise taxes on the people. Of course, that means no obvious taxes and they'll find ways to raise money in other areas and, and tolls could be one of those things. I and mean, we're used to seeing those things and um, eventually, you know, two months from now when they're looking at the, the numbers uh, and it, if it becomes clear that there's no federal bailout, which honestly is what they all want, um, if that doesn't materialize, then there's a big, well, we didn't want to do it, but we have to. And so I, I think people ought to start making noise about that immediately. Well, a couple things on that. Uh, you know, they're saying that, but there's also an election coming up in November. So they're saying that some of them are completely unrealistic. Muriel and Goodwin, completely unrealistic. No taxes, no tolls. And we don't want to have any layoffs for anybody. Well, I mean, that's you, you can't have it both ways. All right. Yeah. We're about to find out there's one million people in the state and there's 16,000 state workers. You, you can't have it both. Are you going to try to satisfy the million or are you going to try to satisfy the 16,000? We're about to find out. To date, and this shows how uh, there's, I, to me, just no guts. If you go around the country, you see there already started layoffs with uh, city workers, town workers, certainly state workers all over, from it's Ohio or Florida or Texas or everywhere. To date, Warwick is the only one that has put in motion to lay off 50 workers. Behind the scenes, the unions are working in overtime. But this, this uh, I, I don't expect them to say anything in print before an election that would come back to bite them because they're up for re-election in November. But the rubber's going to meet the road when this budget has to be approved. It has to be voted on. And Justin Katz, boy, talk about putting all your eggs in one basket. It, it, it's all coming down to either the federal government is going to bail them out. Uh, and, and I even saw this thing of, they want to use some of the stimulus money to pay teachers, which, that, excuse me, there's already a line item to pay teachers who are already doing, you know, distance learning. This is absolutely ludicrous, the excuses they will come up with just to try to satisfy the teachers' unions. Well, I, I think part of that was um, the, the, and they did this with the Obama stimulus about a decade ago, the federal money comes in with strings that has to be used for certain purposes. Uh, so the, the game for the state is to figure out how can we wrap up our current expenses and call them something new. And right. one way to do that is to supplant state aid with federal aid. And that's something, by the way, for, for municipalities to watch, for taxpayers to watch, because what ends up happening is if you've approved a, a number for state aid in your budget for the schools, and then it comes in as federal aid instead, the town is responsible to make up the difference of what they didn't get in the state aid, even though they got it in federal aid. So that's that's definitely something to watch out for. But the the idea that this, and this is what especially legislators ought to be doing is out be out there right now looking at different ideas putting things on the table um the the rhode island center for freedom prosperity uh we've been putting out every couple of weeks another 10 suggestions of here's where you can get the economy rolling here's how you can start to to pull back on regulations and taxing taxation is part of that start eliminating taxes because we need the economy to go um, but the idea uh, that as you point out the idea that not a single state or local employee is quote non-essential is kind of the message the public's getting right now uh, and it's it's a bitter pill to take when when people are i mean right now the i mean we talk about federal bailouts for the budget but right now 
everything our state government is doing and getting away with is premised on the fact that the federal government gave everybody a big check. Uh, in the absence of that, you do not have people as, as docile as they are right now. And that's going to go away very soon. People are going to be, you know, sort of, sort of like a young adult who gets a new, a new credit card for the first time, feels very rich until the bill comes two months, a month, two months later. Uh, and that's, that's where we, we might be right now. And that, so I don't know. I mean, they, they may avoid saying no taxes uh, in print right now or right now or new taxes right now, but this is not going to, they're not going to get all the way to the federal, uh, to the election. Um, without making some difficult decisions. And I don't know, you and I have, wa have watched this stuff for a long, long time. And I think we can probably predict they're not, they're, they're not going to look to their main constituency, which is the people in government for, for the bulk anyway of the, the response. They'll look for tricks. They'll look for ways to increase taxes and fees without looking like they're doing it, the quote, broad base taxes. Um, and they'll try to muddle through. And that's, that's really not the attitude. They're, they ought to be out there right now looking for fresh ideas to really turn the state around and take this as an opportunity for a renaissance rather than another way to try to muddle through another year with just a bigger deficit. Well, I did ask, I was the one that asked Governor Raimondo about that, the state workers, and also the fact that even in the General Assembly, you have these part-time attorneys, they get free health care, they get somewhere between twenty five to 50000 a year. The General Assembly is not even in session and they have been laid off. So you have the governor standing there. She has the platform. She has the microphone. She has the hammer. And she answered my question by saying, well, I guess for that, you should ask the speaker. Well, no, wait a minute. You can't have it both ways. You can't have I'm the one in charge. I decide everything. Except in something like that, you may you may want to ask him, which I mean, he has been uh, completely like no power at all. But Justin, I also, um, boy, they, they are just putting everything now. It's then I've been hiding it. If the federal government does not step in and bail them out, the, the real answer is it not. I'm not saying any state would be prepared for this, but certainly this state has not been. And it would just all come crashing down in a hurry. We're not going to know seemingly until the federal government uh, does weigh in. But let's touch on a couple other topics in such as. You know, last um, last week, there's definitely a discrepancy. And I want to point out and give credit to Channel 12 that they were really the ones that figured out seemingly that the numbers were not matching up. The Department of Health, what they were classifying, compared with that the, they were saying that people were discharged from the hospital when actually a number of people had uh, had passed away. And right in the middle of that, uh, the governor did a uh, uh, an hour with uh, the first gentleman last Thursday where it was kids only, and then there was no press briefing that day. What, what was your thought on that? And, you know, uh, behind the scenes, a lot of people say, boy, that's, we're still in the middle and the, the thick of this thing. It just doesn't, the timing just doesn't seem to, uh, to work out. Yeah, well, the, the, the timing, and, and this has always been a, an issue for Raimondo, the, the, the optics of the timing of her actions. So the, I think it was a Wednesday was the day they changed hospitalization numbers so that it looked like there had been an increase when it had previously looked like a decrease and the WPRI was looking at the, the hospital deaths. Uh, we're getting news about, you know, her phased shutdown or phased reopening. And right in the middle of all of that, she takes a day to do a, a fireside chat with, with children, which, you know, I, on that, it's kind of a, a fluffy thing. And you, but you, yeah, you know, the kids in the state, they're part of the state, so it is somewhat within the governor's authority. But I think the when when it supplants the regular press conference, especially in the middle of a lot of big news, this it wasn't that day wasn't just another day of here's the latest report. It was, I mean, there there were changes in the numbers and and in the the policy that needed to be explained, and she she took that off. And I think it it also plays in a lot of the a lot of I certainly my disagreement with her presentation this whole thing is you know we didn't elect a mother and that's kind of how some of that you know the state's going to help you feel better about this we're going to make things better for you we're going to find a way to celebrate your graduation it just it just feels too much you just don't have that kind of a reach uh, and so I, th I think that was definitely a, a tone-deaf moment um, and could have been handled differently and could have been done as an additional thing to a press conference, which, you know, the, the press conferences have not still not terribly open. Um, and that, that needs to change as well. But you could see a different situation where the, the 
fireside chat for kids would be would be taken differently if she were also taking reporters questions on camera daily at the you know the hour before or the hour after her children's hour um, also that day as i recall she the the data that every day for the, the new cases and hospitalizations and deaths is typically released late morning and that day they held it until after her her thing with the kids yep. uh, which which added to the impression like there's something going on here and that, that's just tone deafness i think it's definitely a control thing and the governor even said that she's not even ted nisi when he had his sit down with her said now would it be lifted as far as the press covering it and she wouldn't give an answer on that so there's a number of things uh this is a matter of control a lot of people don't like it but justin we've also found you see a lot of the comments there are some people we've learned they like being in control they like they're very content if someone else make all the decisions there's also a number of people that they're like, nope, keep the shutdown, keep everything locked down. They, to me, are people that either A, they're living on a pension, or B, they have money coming in where their job is not dependent on things being opened up. Uh, so you have different two classes. Um, finally, what do you make of the fact, uh, and I'm so glad, but Representative Blake Filippi has really been trying to make noise that he was trying to be represented on that task force, and they, they would not give me even a chance, and then the speaker and his allies than uh, used petty politics to try to keep him out of it. Yeah, I think um, that whole situation, so he wanted to speak to at the, or to be on the task force to look at, to review how the governor's spending the money. And as the House Minority Leader, it seems pretty clear that he's an important voice, um, but it does, the thing in that whole uh, series of events, the thing that really struck me was the way the speaker's spokesman, Larry Berman, went right to this, he endangered people by by increasing the number of people in the room. Uh, and that really puts a spotlight on how dangerous it is to give, uh, give insiders this giant excuse to say, you you can't come object. We can't have any political theater because it's dangerous. I mean, they're all wearing masks. He was standing well away, uh, and the masks are another thing. You, you you can really start to see as as legislators deliberate on camera how how important it is in human interactions to be able to see somebody's face. Uh, and I so I think they're going to have to start considering stuff like that too. But um, it's it's a shame that it got you know finally the legislature is doing something to act as another another governing voice contrary to the governor and here they go and, and pick and choose and who can be on it you know it does make you wonder how much it has to do with the house minority uh lawsuit against the the speaker for using a jcls for inappropriate in inappropriate ways um but yeah it's 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 a shame that that's that this kind of moment of, of finally the general assembly is trying to do a little bit gets ruined by by just trying to control the message like the governor does. And on that note, I thought it was uh, just lastly very glaring. It should have been how the attorney general, that whole business of Mattiello saying, oh, the reason I did the audit is because of the list that Demers gave me. And I had a list and kept referencing it. And then uh, the attorney general, Channel 12, wanted a copy of it. And then it turned out either there was a list and they got rid of it or there never was a list and was put on notice by the attorney general. Uh, it shows me, Justin, as soon as I, I am hearing that he's going to be indicted once everything kind of resumes and gets back to normal. To me, it can't happen soon enough. The, the Mattiello situation, uh, you need someone in there that's actually going to work and do things. And this, at this point, I don't see, he just doesn't do anything productive. Folks, he is the managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, great job. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you again. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by MEGA, MEGA Professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA Professionals? They are here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, uh, local, a.k.a. sleep-at-home drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, healthcare professionals, office professionals. You need workers. You need MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. You're trying to run your business. I, listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company, MEGA professionals. 
7801 from MEGA Professionals. Hi, I'm Steve, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in store lines waiting to get in to buy more bottled water, and they didn't have to scramble to get it when all this started. They're enjoying all the safe, clean water they want all year long. They're drinking it, cooking with it, bathing in it, doing everything in it except searching for it, rationing it, and now waiting in lines. As this crisis further restricts your freedoms and choices and store shelves empty, I hope you now realize how important it is to take control over your own water quality like thousands of my customers already have. Because when this crisis is over, your bad water quality won't be, and neither will your bottled water dependency. So ask yourself, do you think you're finally worth making a one-time investment for a lifetime of clean, safe water? If so, call my company. Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. Water Filter Company, a Rhode Island family business since 1986. Water Filter Company, 294-2400. Because is it really worth going through all this? This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call them today at 353-9300. It's Alex. It's Scott. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. 401-353-9300. Located 1529 Mineral Spring Avenue in North Providence. Listen, everyone is sitting around. You're looking for ways to save money. They will help you save money going ahead as far as life insurance. Let them help you save money with your auto insurance, home insurance, business and life insurance. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Give a call to Alex and also Scott at 401 401- three five three ninety three hundred find out about protecting your belongings with renters insurance uninsured motorist coverage everyone is looking to save money right now and that's what they do let them help you save money it's alex mazika scott Zamberano, ae mazika insurance services call them today free consultation they can help you over the phone 401 401- Three five three ninety three hundred. Let them help you save money, and they will. Four zero one three five three ninety three hundred. It's AE Mazika Insurance Services, and look for them on Facebook. Listen, you're going to need extra money. Let them help you save money with insurance policies. AE Mazika Insurance Services. Call now. Free consultation. Four zero one three five three ninety three hundred. It's John DePietro, and there's nothing more important than cleaning your home, your business, a school, any type of building. You need Soul Source Restoration, a Rhode Island-based company, and it's Soul, S-O-L-E, like the sole of your shoe, Soul Source Restoration. Call them today at 401-712-2700, 401-712-2700. Coronavirus Cleaning and Disinfection Service, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut. You know, Soul Source Restoration, folks, they are one of the few companies in the entire country have the type of equipment experience that you need. As far as residential, is there anything more important than making sure your home is absolutely clean from viruses for your family, for your friends, for yourself? Soul Source Restoration, same for your business. They have the expertise, the type of equipment that you need to get through this crisis. We spoke with Mike Seepy of Soul Source Restoration, and I asked him about just that very thing, the microthermal fogging and electrostatic spraying equipment that makes Soul Source Restoration different than every other company. We're a full-service restoration company, as you know, John. We've been in it about 15 years now, and with this coronavirus that has changed our world for the time being, we found a unique way to provide a true 99.9% disinfectant service. Mike, Soul Source Restoration, and again, folks, it's S-O-L-E, Soul Source Restoration. What is, what would you say, what is the goal? What is the goal of the company? Our main goal is to utilize our services to keep essential and non-essential businesses safe, protecting both employees and customers. And with sole source restoration, what is the difference equipment that you use that probably is different than any other company, certainly in Rhode Island right now, but the way I understand it, I've heard you're one of only six companies in the entire country 
that have the type of equipment that you have. We utilize CDC-approved hospital-grade disinfectant enhanced with sporocyte and virocyte that we atomize by means of microthermofoggers. These microthermofoggers break down the disinfectant to 3 to 5 micron, which is basically a fancy word for micromillimeter. This allows the disinfectant to saturate air particles and cover all surface material, giving you a true 99.9% kill of all pathogens. You know, Mike, right now someone is listening saying, John DiPietro, this does sound fine. Mike Seepy, Soul Service Restoration, it sounds fine. But I already have a janitorial or cleaning company, and, and they tell me that, that they think they can get rid of the coronavirus. These old methods leave a lot of room for human error, utilizing older equipment that doesn't break down the disinfectant in a way that's going to kill the coronavirus. Mike, with Soul Source Restoration, now you have the country is in pandemic. Everyone is freaked. We are seeing death about the coronavirus. What right now is the biggest challenge for a company like yours that has the capability for a coronavirus cleaning and disinfection service? Our biggest challenge, John, is educating the public that what we're doing is very different from janitorial and normal restoration companies whose conventional methods of cleaning mainly comprise of mops, buckets, spray bottles, and kettle pot foggers. Don't take any chances. Call Soul Source Restoration today. Coronavirus Cleaning and Disinfection Service for Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. Call them at 401-712-2700. 401-712-2700. They have the equipment that you need. They will fully clean your home, your property, your office, your school, whether it's any type of business. You heard CDC approved environmentally and pet friendly they have the protective equipment they have the type of equipment that you need don't take any chances a rhode island based company and they're in a league of their own with the type of resources they have to fully disinfect your property from the coronavirus sole source restoration call them today home or business 401 712 2700 401 712 2700 it's sole source restoration coronavirus cleaning and disinfection service for rhode island massachusetts and connecticut again look for them online soulsourcerestoration.com mega logistics they're there to help you give them a call today 401-431-2300 mega mega logistics if you have freight you need freight goods Third-party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. Non-stop coverage. Pandemic. Worldwide. The coronavirus. It's Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut. Go to the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. You can listen live at the website. If you ever miss any coverage at the website at the top, click on radio show. You can listen. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's John DePetro Show. And as always, you can email me, john at dipetro.com. Much more ahead, pandemic coverage on The John DePetro Show.